everyone. Uh, this is Boots on the Ground podcast and I'm your host D-Blex Lesalon. In this third episode of our new series in the quest to protect Africa's wildlife and wild places in collaboration with African Wildlife Foundation, I'm so humbled to be speaking with Kenneth Kimitei. Kenneth Kimitei is African Wildlife Foundation senior landscape ecologist in the Tsavum Komazi landscape with 15 years of experience in wildlife conservation and management. He works with government agencies, community-based conservation organizations, and the private sector to streamline sustainable development, ecological monitoring, and conservation of natural resources in areas with high biodiversity value. Kenneth also served in a similar capacity in the transboundary Kilimanjaro landscape, providing technical and advisory support to AWF teams and partners. Prior to joining the organization in 2015, Kenneth worked in Kenya Wildlife Service in Tsavo and Marsabit for nine years as a research scientist for themes cutting across ecological monitoring, species conservation and management, and environmental assessments. He obtained his master's and bachelor's in wildlife management from the University of Eldoret in Kenya. He regularly contributes to various publications on wildlife conservation and management. I hope you enjoy this episode and learn something. Karibu, karibu, sana. Um, thank you, Kenneth Kimite, uh, for making time to join us in this podcast this morning. I'm so grateful that uh, you have made time out of your busy schedule to talk with us uh, this morning. Um, karibu sana to the show. Thank you very much. Um, could you briefly um, introduce yourself and tell us um, what you do here at African Wildlife Foundation? Uh, thank you very much. Um, my name is Akimite Kenneth. I work as the senior ecologist for African Wildlife Foundation, based here in Savo, Komazi Landscape. Um, uh, basically, uh, if I may say, AWF is working um, on a mission to mission to protect and conserve yeah. wild, uh, wildlife and wildlands in Africa and we work on a landscape approach so uh, Savo Komazi is one of the landscapes that we are working here in, uh, in Kenya it is a transboundary landscape so uh, basically my role as an ecologist is um, to make sure that we do ecological monitoring within the landscape, especially using the ecological tools um, like SMART and others, and also even conducting surveys for yeah. wildlife. Yeah. Um, and again, when we get this data on ecological monitoring, we feed this data to land use planning. So another role is to make sure that we feed this ecological data to land use planning. I also do species conservation programs, especially actions, especially for the key species for African wildlife. Uh, our key species are the elephant, rhino, and giraffe, and large carnivores. Apart from that, um, as I said, uh, we operate on a landscape approach. So in many cases, the work of an ecologist is to make sure that AWF resources are wisely uh, utilized within the landscape. So yeah. we have tools on, on making sure that we do our priorities well by using the landscape conservation process where we identify the threats, we identify 
uh, our stakeholders, we identify the interventions for those threats. And also we do what we call um, PIMA, that is a, a, a program, a program uh, implementation management assessment, mm -hmm. so that we can evaluate what our interventions are and uh, if we are getting value of money yeah. to, 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 to make sure that um, we get the best out of the resources that we have mm -hmm. for end of life. As much as these resources are not enough, they yeah. are limited resources, so we need to get the best out of it. Yeah. Fantastic. And um, in other words, again, after collecting all those information, we need to communicate this. So one of um, my role is to communicate this information, either within AWF and also with the wider audience, like what we are doing today. Mm -hmm. So is part of my role as uh, an ecologist and also engage other um, ecologists from other sectors or from other departments uh, not only within AWF but also from the government agencies and uh, other non-governmental uh, organizations and agree and do planning and share information on how best we can handle issues Fantastic. Thank you so much for taking us through that. And uh, before the mics were on, Kimite, you told us um, how it got started in, in conservation. And it's very interesting to note that um, you started out in KWS uh, back then. And uh, having done wildlife uh, management in school, um, there must be something that was pushing you, you know? to yes. go for it. Uh, what drives your passion, uh, really, uh, for conservation? Um, basically, um, my life started farming, especially in terms of choosing the careers. And um, ever since when I was in primary, mathematics was my best subject. And I, in most cases, um, all areas, um, I wanted to pursue something that is related to mathematics. And uh, when I completed my high school, that is back in 1998, uh, at that time we used to stay for like one or two years before you enroll yourself to the university. So when we, and at that time you, we, we had to choose uh, subjects uh, or courses, and also the universities where you want to enroll for your degree program. Yeah. And uh, at that time, I was enrolled to wildlife management, something that I did, I was not interested at all. But I came to realize it was because of my exposure to some of these careers. You know, in the village, when you grow up in the villages, in most cases, you know the police, policemen, you know the teachers. Yeah. <laughs> uh, those are the common, common careers that you see within the villages. And sure. In most cases, you could want to pursue you want to be a teacher you want to be a doctor you want to be like a policeman yeah. because those are the only careers that you see within the villages so wildlife management was something new to me and uh, again it was new to my parents but uh, fortunately enough my dad was very keen for me to pursue wildlife because he thought wildlife is like um, 
doing tourism. He confused wildlife management to tourism. Tourism, yeah. Yeah, because tourism, in most cases, for many people, they know you travel, you see, you go and see wildlife. Yes. But wildlife management is now where you take care of wildlife. Yeah. So, uh, at that time, I, in several occasions, I tried to apply for inter-transfer to other departments to pursue pure mathematics. But it was not possible. Mm. And um, one of the staff members within the School of uh, Forest and Wildlife Management within Moy University Chekwelewe mm -hmm. campus yes. was a friend of my dad. So in that case, um, he encouraged me to pursue that course. And he said it is a good um, course and uh, it has um, opportunities. So I decided, okay, uh, if that is the case, then I have to ask him, is there anything to do with mathematics? <laughs> yeah. And he said, um, yeah, there is a lot of uh, biostatistics. Mm -hmm. I didn't know what is biostatistics, mm -hmm. but I knew statistics as a course. Yeah. But I didn't know biostatistics, but um, I came to realize, oh, we also use uh, numbers, we play with numbers within uh, wildlife management, mm -hmm. especially when you are doing population um, uh, dynamics, mm -hmm. you are doing uh, population dynamics uh, studies, you play with numbers when you are doing age ratios, sex ratios, and also when you want to make a decision, you need to collect the data. Yeah. That data in most cases comes in form of either numbers, or if it is in terms of uh, text, you have to convert those texts into numbers mm -hmm. so that you can analyze and see what the data is saying. Yeah. yeah, so that is how I got the interest to do wildlife management. Mm -hmm. And uh, I came to see it interesting because um, at one point in my life, I wanted to be a preacher. <laughs> and I know Genesis, uh, for those who are Christians, yeah. uh, one of the roles that human beings were given, Adam was given, mm. was to take care of nature. True. Was to take care of all the animals and the plants and even give names to them. Mm. So when I came to realize, oh, this is related to what I wanted to do preaching and the others, I can preach <laughs> through conservation. Yes. I can, I can, I can, I can, I can perform what God gave us to take care of when I'm doing wildlife management. And that is what is driving me okay. on a daily basis, to make sure that uh, we protect wildlife, we make sure that human beings live harmoniously with wildlife. And uh, I know, uh, uh, for those who believe in uh, resurrection after death, mm -hmm. I think one day we will be charged if we don't take care of this wildlife. Yes. Yeah, and that is my role as an ecologist. Wow, to make sure that yeah. we work with my, my colleagues, yeah. to make sure that um, we protect our wildlife yeah. and achieve that mission of protecting and taking care of nature. Wow, that's a very, very interesting story. I thank you for sharing that. and. Um, I agree with you. Um, one of the God-given, uh, you know, uh, mandates you were given as human beings was to take care of nature yes. and humanity. And um, looking at that with that angle, I believe we are 
with the right track. And talking of numbers and love for, you know, uh, making data-driven decisions, uh, Kimite, yes, and um, crunching down the numbers and making sense out of them uh, mm. in conservation. Kenya just conducted her first ever uh, nation, nationwide um, wildlife census. Uh, could you take us through on how um, the census was conducted? Uh, because um, I'm, I'm aware that um, the Tsavo ecosystem played a very critical role in you know uh, making the census a success. Could you take us through that briefly? Yeah. Um, yes, Kenya. Kenya. This was the um, the first ever uh, national wildlife census. But um, censuses have been taken um, for some uh, some time now. Yeah. But in different places, especially for here in Savo. Censuses has been all the way in the early uh, 60s, um, but this was um, a unique one because it targeted the whole country. Um, and again, for these wildlife censuses, you use different methodologies. Yeah. Um, and this depends on the resources that you have, it depends on the species that you are targeting, it depends on the uh, the human capital that you have yeah. that will undertake the exercise. It depends again on the area of coverage where you want to cover. And um, for this census, um, maybe it is good for our audience to know that uh, several methodologies were used for this census. Yeah. Um, for species like elephants in the open savannas, a total areas count was so a total aerial is where you use an aircraft to do censuses to count wildlife. But for wildlife like uh, rhinos, for example, it is very hard for you to use aircrafts. You can as well use aircraft, but a very efficient way of how to count rhinos is to do a water point count. Oh. So mm -hmm. you stay in a water point, yes. you count the rhinos who visit the waterholes at night because during the dry season rhinos have they have to visit a waterhole mm. so the best methodology is to count them at those waterholes you have other species like the bongos who are very elusive they are very shy they stay deep in the forest in a racket terrain mm -hmm. in those places you use camera traps yes uh, you go to other places like shimba hills for example where you have elephants in a forested area. So the best way is either you use an helicopter to do the counts, mm -hmm. or you use a dam count. Wow. So you use indirect signs of wildlife to count them. Wow. Like now for the case of Mao, for the case of Abadez, Mambukena, you don't do total aerial counts. And how accurate is that? Uh, it, all the methodologies have their procedures on how you do it. Okay. And um, of course there are some errors that you will you will you will you will incur. Yes. But there is a way on how you correct that. So all the methodologies are good for it depends on what I've said before. Yes. It depends on the resources, the type of species that you are targeting. Because sometimes for, for forested uh, mammals it is very hard for you to to, 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 to say you, you use aerial, yeah, you, you do an aerial, aerial study count, yeah. because uh, the canopy 
is um, the forest, the tree cover is covering them. Yes. Sometimes we use even uh, road transits. We use crown transits to cover wildlife. So in that case, you you, you run a, a line, you, you follow a line or a road, but now cutting off all the vegetation types, there is a lot of technicalities within these censuses. Mm -hmm. So in that case, you, you, you drive along a road or you walk in a, in a line, and then you count animals at, that, at a certain distance, then you calculate the population density, then you extrapolate that to the area. We get the numbers. Mm -hmm. So there are a lot of, sometimes even you can sit somewhere, just wait for animals to move around where you are, you count them, then you extrapolate that, mm -hmm. based on the timing and the area that you are covering. So there are many methodologies that we use for these censuses. Mm -hmm. And um, for these censuses, the, most of these that I've mentioned have been used for these censuses. Yeah. But now let's come to Savon Komazi. Yes. For the Savon Komazi, um, the census was specifically on the Kenyan side because this was a national census. But for the previous censuses, we've been covering up to Tanzania side. But for these um, national wildlife census, because it was uh, the aim for the government to see the status of their wildlife, mm -hmm. so they had to do censuses within their territories. And for the Savo, these censuses we used a total area census. And uh, maybe probably before I tell you how this total area census is conducted, there are a lot of things that you do before you do the census, yeah. the lead census. Yeah. So the first thing that you need to do is um, you need to assemble a planning team. You need to have a planning team that will um, identify the resources that are required for the census. Uh, you need a team that will do um, divide the whole area into blocks so that because you don't count the whole area at once you do you use a block a block system so you count from one side as you move all the way so that you can cover the whole area how long does that process take um the planning process it can take even one year wow yeah when because these censuses are done every three years as the norm in Samo. So immediately after you finish the census, let's say for this 2021, we need to plan for the next, yeah. the 2024 census. So that is when the planning and engagements are done. So yeah. that is even when you engage stakeholders like AWF to be part and parcel of the process. Mm -hmm. Then after that, you identify a team that will come and do the census. You, you don't just pick anybody. Yeah. So you pick, especially you target the scientists, who are familiar with the methodology and also who are strong enough to persevere. You know sometimes when you are flying yeah. up there for three hours, four hours, you need somebody who is, um, who is uh, consistent mm -hmm. in doing the work so that you cannot make the errors, but also should be somebody who is strong enough to persevere that. Do you say patient? Uh, yes, even patience, you need to have patience. So you need to have many qualities. To be a scientist, you, you, you have like all the qualities that is required. Mm -hmm. And then after forming that team, which is like a team of between 80 to 100 people. But most of the time, most of the people who does the counting are about 20 or 30. But you wonder 
why 100 people or 50 or 80 to 100 people. Yeah. Of course, you need to have pilots who will fly the, uh, the aircrafts. And in this case, the aircraft that we use for censuses in Savo is mostly the light, lightweight aircraft. Mm -hmm. That is the Huskies and the Cessnas. In most cases, it is a two-seater and a four-seater. Yes. Or even sometimes you can use a six-seater yeah. in that case. And then you need to have people who will maintain those aircrafts. Of course, the aircrafts should be well-maintained for flying. Yeah. And also you need to have the, the, the attendants for the aircrafts who will fuel, make sure that the oils and the, and the Africans are put in the aircraft mm -hmm. to, to, to serve the purpose. Yeah. You need to have security teams on the ground to provide security for the, for the resources that you have. These are the rangers. rangers. These are the rangers. And um, also again, the work of the security team is to wait for anything if the team who are doing the census spot a carcass, a fresh carcass, for example, or ivory somewhere, it has to be relayed to the security team. And this security team will run to that point and rescue the situation. You need to have people who will be handling this data. You have the data handlers who will transcribe and also um, input the data into a database. You need to have coordinators. In this team where you have like 80 people, you need to have people who will coordinate these teams to make sure that everybody does his work or our work. You have the communication teams who will report now what is happening with the censuses. Mm -hmm. Again, they are part of the census. As it continues. As it continues. Yeah. Now, again, now let's go to specific now to how the census is yeah. After now dividing the study area, the, the study area now is the suburb Komazi or the suburb conservation area for this census that it was conducted by Kedamlas. You divide because this area is about 49,000 kilometers square. Uh, you have to divide this area into a block so between 600 and 900 kilometers square, mm. uh, which can be counted by day by you know, sometimes you don't need to, so that you can reduce on the errors that you make in the census, you need to do a count in a block and finish it within a day. Okay. If it fails to, if you fail to finish within a day, then you have to call for another aircraft to assist you finalize that block. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, tomorrow you will not differentiate that uh, this was the elephants that we counted, this is not. You have to finish that block. Yeah. Yeah. Now for the for the for the counting team, you need you have the pilot. So the pilot role is to fly the aircraft within that block, and also make sure that he flies to the speed that is required, which is about one hundred and eighty kilometers per hour, mm -hmm. at an height of three hundred feet above the ground. Yes. So you have to maintain that. Mm. Uh, for, for, for the sensors to be more accurate. Interesting. Yeah, and again, the pilot needs to make sure that the safety of the crew is on the top. Mm. So he's not supposed to fly, let's say, force himself to fly 
less than 180 kilometers per hour or below 300 kilometers and compromise the security of the other teams. Yeah. So he needs to be very key, keen on um, how uh, he's flying the aircraft, but now meeting the minimum requirements for, for the sensors. And also the work of the pilot is sometimes to help the crew when wildlife is underneath the aircraft. Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes when you are seated in an aircraft, you don't see the bay, you don't see the wildlife beneath the aircraft. So in most cases, the pilot is able to see up front that alerts the team that there are elephants underneath about three or so, then the other teams now records. Yeah. Now in this aircraft, again, you have a front seat observer. The front seat observer, a role is in most cases, especially for the four-seaters, um, the role of the front seat observer is to record the GPS points for all the sightings. Either it is wildlife sightings or human activity sightings. So he records the GPS points and relay to the rear seat observers. I'll tell you the role of the rear seat observers. So in this case, you're recording the wildlife numbers and you're also... No, you just record the GPS point. The GPS point. Yes. You just record the GPS point as a front seat observer. Yeah. Then you give it to the rear seat observers. Okay. I'll tell you how they would record it. And you've mentioned something interesting, human activities. You yes. also check out for that. We, we have to check for the human activities. Yeah. yeah, because okay. this will be key in helping us as scientists now to analyze the data and see how the wildlife is distributed in relation to other human activities. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Then another role for the front seat observer is um, to coordinate with the pilot on the transits. You know now in this case you fly on transits and these transits ideally they are transits of like 20 to, to 30 kilometers long. So in these transits, you need to fly on top of them because um, you have uh, what we call a block map. In this block map, you have imaginary transits yeah. that have been inserted on that uh, using GIS software. So you have the transits, so you have to, flow, uh, to fly on top of those transits. So the, the, the front seat of server will be coordinating with the pilot to make sure that they fly on those transits. In most cases, these transits are one kilometer apart. So that means you have to count wildlife 500 meters on your left, 500 meters on the right. In the same transit. In the same transit. Okay. So in this case, when you are doing the sensors, you are flying on a line. But in reality, you are converting that line to a belt. Yeah. yeah. So a delta of one kilometer, because you are counting 500, 500 meters on the left. So that is one kilometer, and you are flying a certain um, on a transit of 20 to 30 kilometers, yeah. depending on the shape of the yeah. of the block. And then another thing is um, the front seat of server will be coordinating with the rear seat of servers on the timing of takeoff, time of landing, time to start counting wildlife time not to count wildlife because when you are in a transit when you are at the boundary of the block you don't just turn you you just uh, fly like 500 meters then you you turn so that you can align yourself to the next transit yes 
yeah. So sometimes the front seat of server will be alerting the rear seat of servers. That uh, that is the end of the transept. Stop counting. Okay. Then when they start again to join to the new transept, he alerts the he or she alerts the the rear seat of servers now to start counting again. Yes. So that is the work of the front seat of server. Mm. And um, when the block is you've you've finished counting the block, yes. it will be alerting again the, 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 the rare set of servers that we finished the counting. So don't count, we are back to the station or where they will be doing the fueling, then they go to another block. But ideally they usually do one block in a day. One block in a day. Yeah, one block in a day. Now let's come to the rare set of servers. These are the key people now. Especially for a four-seater uh, aircraft. For a four-seater aircraft, that means you have a pilot, you have a front seat of server sitting on the front uh, seats of the aircraft. Then you have two people behind them who will be now the rear seat of servers. One will be on the right side, one will be on the left side. Yes. So this one on the left side will be counting wildlife on the left side. Yes. And that's triple 500. And this one on the right side will be counting 500 meters on the right side. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So their work for these uh, rare set of servers is to record the data now. Okay. When they see elephants, they count. So when you, you, you see an elephant, yeah, you, 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 you speak to a dictaphone or a voice recorder. But now because you have headsets of the aircraft, mm. the front seat of server will be Will be will be aware that there is some counting going on. Yes. So when you say elephant, the front seat of server should be in a position to take a GPS point immediately. Mm -hmm. yeah? yeah. So you you say elephant. If there are five, you say elephant five GPS point. Now the front seat of server will give you the GPS point. Mm -hmm. Then you say GPS point five. Yes. On the left. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So that will be used. That data will be used now to. I see the population, the wildlife, and the same for the um, the, the the right uh, or the, the rare set of server on the right side. Mm. But again, another thing that you need to have when you are doing a census, apart from the aircraft, the GPS for for taking GPS points, and also the block map, you need to have a camera. For 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 sightings that are more than hundred, especially mm. for elephants. Yeah. Uh, no, for more than 10 yes. for elephants, yeah. you need to take a photo so that people will go and confirm if they were 10 mm -hmm. or maybe sometimes in other cases yeah. they might be more because of the young ones. You know most of the time the young ones, they, they are with them beneath the babies of their mothers. Yeah. So sometimes you need to take a photo to make sure you ascertain uh, the numbers. And sometimes if... Um, you are not so sure of the numbers, then you can, if you are a rare set of server, you alert the front set of server to, to alert the pilot that we need to circle that wildlife mm. and confirm as a team and see, yes, if somebody says, um, I've seen 300 elephants, you know that is not uh, something that is, um, you just leave for granted. Mm -hmm. No, you, you have to circle yeah. and say, can you count? I count. We see if we have the same numbers. So in those cases, uh, you, you do the counting. And you have to actually count. 
all of them. Yes, you have to count all the wildlife, mm -hmm. especially the, the, the large uh, abdifos. We have come to the end of part one uh, of this two-part series where we feature Kenneth Kimite, um, senior ecologist, uh, African Wildlife Foundation uh, in the Tsavo Mkomazi landscape. Next week, we catch up with him as we continue the conversation on uh, the nationwide census and uh, some of the threats um, facing wildlife in the Tsavo Mkomazi landscape. And uh, Kimite will, will also be taking us through the interventions put in place by African Wildlife Foundation to mitigate these impacts in this area. Thank you so much. See you next week. Bye.